We're heading to, heading off for this week, this historical week. Um, I'm actually going to be meeting with General Flynn, Sidney Powell, everybody on my team. A lot of stuff going on that I can't say. All I want to do is give everybody confidence that Donald Trump's going to be your president for the next four years. All this, they're, they're very much afraid. All the evidence that I know is there is going to come out this week. And everybody praying, everybody praying for protection for everybody that's standing up to these guys for our country. This is the only time we have in history As to, be, to, to, to suppress the, the evil supposed and, um, golden and path. Um, this is confronted. Um, this, it's a blessing that we're time we're in. We're on election night that the uh, that Donald Trump got so many votes that actually uh, broke the algorithms of the machines. This is all going to be revealed if we if that hadn't happened. If all of you hadn't voted in our country, if we hadn't all voted and his it was because of this great president, um, it, those algorithms would not have broke, and we wouldn't be sitting here talking right now. We would all went to bed. They would have had a, would have been over in the morning, and. Uh, but because uh, he got six million more votes than what they expected, which is close to 80 million, and this will all come out. Biden only got 68 million. That's all true, by the way. The broken algorithms. They broke the algorithms. I always heard algorithms have trouble if you just add a number to them. It's true. The thing about algorithms, is, algorithms, is that. I, they can't be broken, right? Isn't that the, the general principle? They can be wrong. They can be wrong. I'm not sure how often they break. I don't know. Tim, what do you think about algorithms? <laughs> sounds like they break down under too many votes. I've never heard that before, <laughs> but it sounds right. Well, I'm just glad that he guaranteed that it's going to be... That's Mike Lindell. He's the my pillow guy. Oh, okay. You didn't know that? Who I was? didn't know which one it was. Oh. Context, I got it, but... Yeah. Well, when you take two weeks off from podcasting... Has anything happened since we last recorded? I don't know. I'm surprised nobody... I, I, yeah, a lot of stuff's happened. It's all bad. The Zoom, the recording. This is not... I think Deep State is after us right now. Maybe. They don't want us to record. <laughs> they don't want us to expose the Cohen brothers. Anyway, the Yes, This Is Podcast. Podcasts are all here. We have my brother, Tim, calling in long distance. We're paying for the charges. <laughs> uh, we have some lighthearted topics. Uh, Tim, now you were at the insurrection, right? And you just came um, back? Yeah, I I had shaved my head earlier this year. Okay. Before the exact moment. I thought I remember you buying a bunch of tiki torches, but I couldn't quite remember why. Scott, Did we see any tiki torches at the Capitol? No. No, that was just... That was a... Charlottesville thing. Right, right, right. Okay. I didn't I kind know of, if they brought it back. I kind of feel bad for using this song to now because it's sullying it. Yeah, it's such a great song. And now we're just going to have bad memories. And this is the best part. This was the big song that me and, well, Scott would listen to when he lived in Quincy. Emily, he would play this. He'd get the fog machine going. <laughs> you couldn't see two, free, two feet in front of you. And you could just go wild. Mm hmm. Good times. And then you started it off with a, a, an old friend's real estate story. You're really on nostalgia. I am. I am. Nostalgia. I listened to uh, Constantine yesterday. Oh, my God. That's tough. With Cohen a K. will do that to you. Cohen, Cohen Brothers, Brothers with a K. Um, but, yeah, we took a week off because I think every once a month, Emily decides that she's going to try <laughs> to get COVID. And this time, she <laughs> Never can't, works. She can't, keep, she can't pull it off. <sighs> Came but close this she, time, She though. didn't get to quarantine, though. Mm-hmm. How was quarantining? 
I was just like any other time, <laughs> pretty much. Now, are you like working remotely? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's put working in quotations, though. Yeah. How do you... I won't elaborate in how case do you, people from work listen. How do you access the Dewey Decimal System remotely? <laughs> Is it... Everything's online, Pat. Okay. I wasn't sure. Online catalogs do exist. You don't get to take home like one drawer of cards at a time? Nope. I got to pull Sadly. my... Sadly. I do have my own card like catalog, ebook though. ebook files around on a file system? <laughs> let's... Yeah. For, for work purposes, let's say I was doing that in case anyone comes at okay. me. Okay. Uh, that I would not want to be at a union hearing, and this podcast has to be played. That would be uh, extremely depressing and embarrassing. Um, Exhibit A. There's a reason why I was able to watch six Marvel movies this week, and it may or may not have been done while I was geez. on the clock. So. How to fight, you know, against political climate right now? It's tough. You know what you do? You put on the Marvel movies. <laughs> you kind of mentally check out. You know, if you can't stand our current state, watch WandaVision. Yeah. Did you watch WandaVision? I did. Did you? No. <laughs> Good God, no. You sounded like you might do it. I watched Chinatown last night. Okay. <laughs> okay? You had to get Jack on your back. I had to get, you know what? Say what you want about Chinatown, Roman Polanski. Let's, we might yeah, have you want to say what you want about him? <laughs> we might have some disagreements. Uh, I guess, what would you call that? Sexually, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it's a great flick. Remember, but this is going to be in a court case. I know. Tr- yeah, they. Uh, who's going to defend you, Rudy Giuliani? Uh, uh, he's my only hope. Maybe <laughs> I'm not protected by the union at this point, even though I pay my dues. Every Why week. isn't the union protecting you? We don't have to get into it, but you're not protected <laughs> the first once. the first three years oh, of your this happens w- career. This happens once a week, where like I'll ask a question, and you're like, "We we're not going to talk about that." Tim, your wife is a teacher, right? Yes. Yeah, so he knows. Okay. He gets it. I didn't realize that this was a thing. I, I'm still verklempt over the audio issues this morning. I couldn't even get a drink. A lot of Cohen for you this week. <sighs> yeah. Busting um, out words like verklempt. Yeah, I'm basically, I'm like a young Larry Gopnik. <laughs> I think you want to be. No, he was really <laughs> verklempt. Nothing went his way. I want to be the Chinese kid. That's so trying to I, get his I grades changed. I missed the memo on a serious man. When did this get added to the agenda? Every week... We're just expected to watch a serious man. If you do it, you do it. If yeah. you don't, whatever. It's, it wasn't I, really I on the agenda. I So Pat had told me a while back that it was his favorite Cohen, and then he informed me that it was leaving Netflix on January 15th. So I had to get it in mm-hmm. at that point. So I did, and then we had a little serious man discussion. This is the music. I, I seriously missed out. Dude, it's, a, <laughs> it's probably the most... my. F- I think it's the funniest Coen Brothers movie. In a nihilistic sense. Yeah, it's very, very funny. Because Judaism, in a way, is sort of like a nihilistic religion. Because there's no, like, end to it. Christianity is all about getting to heaven. Judaism is like, the worst is yet to come. So, I don't know. Suffering. Yeah, I mean, it's you suffer, and hopefully you're rewarded in some way. But uh, well, the, Not Larry. Well, an envelope full of hundreds. Yeah, it's just a weird... Well, no, you die at the end. There's a, a giant fucking tornado comes. He doesn't die. Yeah. Well, he's also has some pending medical news waiting for him, so... Yeah, yeah. that one's a little dark. The the teeth with the inscription, I think that's like a real story. of Like a real parable or something. It might be. But the dub... The, the, the Dibic, how do you say it? The Dibic. The Dibic. That story is not real. The Coen brothers made that up. 
the that specific story or the idea of a divot? No, that specific story. Okay, yeah. So like, I think that was the f- the first thing they came up with, and then they came up with the rest of the story. But we can't talk about a serious man if Tim hasn't seen it. <laughs> no. Um, the most entertaining thing we all saw in the last two weeks was the insurrection at the Capitol. We all loved it. Uh, was that a Cohen Brothers production? It, no, that was <laughs> if only a Russo Brothers production. <laughs> Are you going to see Cherry? Have you seen the trailer for Cherry? I don't know. The Spider-Man Yeah, actor, another it? Tom Holland oh, that Russo one. Brothers yeah. thing. What a weird looking movie. That's a true story. Is it? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to take a America's new sweetheart and just dope him up. Yeah. Right Oops. now, it's it looks like a very weird picture, but uh, when I, I was like, oh, I want to see this. Then when I saw who did it, I go, I don't want to see this anymore. I don't so like negative. I am negative. <laughs> I'm in a great mood. I don't care. You guys can, you know, we, we're getting right errors. It's fine. Whatever. We're not getting any new ones. But all right. We need to talk about, I guess, Disney Plus presents <laughs> WandaVision. For the listeners, Pat did the hardest eye roll I've ever <laughs> seen him do. Well, I think that if we did some like, uh, like mark like what is it called like market research people want to talk about this we're going to get some serious hits on this episode okay all right um <laughs> the taylor swift episode and the election episode have like 300 listens wow so that's because people are accidentally listening to it <laughs> right but hey which is fine that pays the bills it does it does pay the bills it pays the speaking fee to bail tim out after the insurrection and to get him on the podcast <laughs> um so did Let's do a little background on WandaVision. Why are they making it? What's the point? Tim, you want to take it? Um, I, I don't know. I don't understand what I watched. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really care for it. So I don't know what they're trying to do. I think that they're trying to do a build-up to the next round of movies. But it feels really clumsy. I think you're right. I think it's, it's the in-between and something big is going to happen we just have no idea what that is yet well tim hit on it on his last podcast appearance uh right if wanda remakes the world in her mind or whatever reality separate reality then they can just go do whatever they want from there and i was listening to i think it was binge mode and they were talking about when wanda creates her own twins and but then there is one of there's an image in one of the promos where she's holding two babies. So if they go that route, that has a whole weird storyline where you, she's the only one that they only exist if she's around. Hmm. Interesting. So it's going to be some combination of that. I would think as for these first two episodes, they're really just direct homages to the Dick Van Dyke show and bewitched. Who gives a shit? Like, I'm not well, saying that's it kind to of be the quest. No, that's the question. Is yeah. If you're looking to appeal to people who like those shows, they're 60, 70 years old. They're not going to give a shit about the majority of WandaVision. But if you're looking to capture the people who do like it, they're not going to give a shit about like, mid 60s sitcoms. I almost feel like Disney Plus is going to be like. A, there is a Venn diagram for those two things, and I, I'm hardly right. in it. So. <laughs> so, you know how. All right, let's. I'm going to use a bad example, but hopefully you know what I'm talking about. When The Office was on TV, they would do like shorts and put them on the NBC website. Mm-hmm. That feels webisodes. like yeah, webisodes. That feels like what Disney Plus is going to become, like a dumping ground for every idea that they have. That the little piggies can't stop slurping up. Wow. 
Like, that's what it is, though. I mean, this idea, it seems like something that, you, it's like a throwaway idea. I don't know. I, I think because like, I there's just... There's enough source material that it's not just a throwaway idea. It's built right. off of, It's built off the back of stories that have already come. And there is a there is a line of comics where they stick Wanda and Vision together in like a Pleasantville situation. I didn't so know it's that. Not, it's it's not out of nowhere. It it just it it lands very differently than anything else that Marvel has done. Um and I, I don't know that I don't what did you guys think of the first two episodes? I know it's probably going to be tough to judge what the show really is just based on these two episodes i think right and that's where you know they're not releasing the whole thing at once so you can't just binge and get it out of the way and see what it's actually about it feels so off the mark that i am watching it with a more critical eye like wondering what they're doing why they're doing it and looking for things that i maybe wouldn't be looking for if it were in the standard format of an mcu movie or show kind of like looking for the cracks because you know that this is a facade. It's right. not. It's not real. Right. It's clear out of the gate that that's what the situation is. Um, but it, it, they're not. They're not revealing enough, at least at this point. And it, by the time you get to the end of the second episode, it's like, right, you haven't really given me enough to understand why I should keep watching this. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting at the end with the guy climbing out of the sewer and her, just rewinding. Yeah, rewinding and and totally redoing that whole timeline. Mm-hmm. I was interested in that. I was interested in the weird helicopter that flew in that was clearly signifying something. I don't know what yet. What are the right. actual reviews so far? This is a good question. I don't know. It's basically been this. I don't think a lot of people love it because there's really nothing to love. Yeah. Um, but they're only 25 minutes. Yeah. So I didn't know that either. 37 minutes. Oh, I guess with the credits, though. It was like though, a six-minute credit sequence yeah. for some reason. So, like, if you're an actor and you're in the MCU, like like Paul Bettany, is that his name? Yeah. So, yeah. what, he signs his contract and he has to be in anything they say? <laughs> I don't know what the contract is. Because, like, TV... Most of their contracts just ran through Endgame, I thought. Though. Oh, really? So... What was the big hullabaloo with Chris Evans this week? Supposedly, someone had he said he was... The, come, he was at the rally. Someone was said, he? He didn't do a very <laughs> good job. Someone said he wanted to come back and be Cap again, and then Chris Evans on Twitter was just like, this isn't true. Yeah. That's too bad. We love Chris Evans. We do. He's such a liberal wet dream that he could have gone to the Capitol and maybe saved everybody, and he, he could have saved Mike Pence and held all the electoral votes in his one arm, and then little Mikey Pence in the other, and just flew away. Yeah. So there were a couple things in WandaVision that I read that I didn't pick up on, like the um, the the black female character who comes into the second episode is the child from Captain Marvel, grown up. Oh, um, really? So there's a tie-in there that I am interested to see where that goes. She's played by the girl who played Dawn in Mad Men. Okay, now you got me. Yeah. And um, then... Um, that's interesting. The because neighbor, Agnes, Catherine Hahn. Yep. I feel like she's Pat, gonna Pat's play. A I am a Hanhead. She's really good in it. Well, she's good in everything. I feel she's like a, she's gonna a neighbor. Character? Yeah, she's the next door neighbor, and from what I read online, she's and it's true. She's way too interested in what they're up to over at yeah. the Vision household. So I feel like she's some larger she's in piece. On yeah. Something. yeah, yeah. So there are things to be interested in to see where yeah. it goes. I it, feel it's just gonna take until they get to the meat. To be yeah. like whether or not it's worth it. And now, each episode is supposed to jump ten years. 
which I didn't see that from oh, really? one to two, but I think the next episode will be fully in color and will be more like a, maybe like an all in the family type mm. <laughs> setting. Um, and then moving on through the decades. I'm just thinking like, does Disney plus, they don't release like numbers for their shows. No, no all one right. does. But Netflix will after like a couple of years. They're fake. That's true. Well, I hope, uh, you know, Mandalorian was so critically acclaimed. I did not watch the second season, but I don't think we're dealing with the same thing here. No, but this is the beginning of something else. They've got what six shows coming out this year with another six lined up for the year after. So this is the beginning of something. Did you see the Ethan Hawke news during the week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he signed he's on. He's going to be in the Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac. Is These right? people are just selling their souls. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, everyone hates money. Everybody, there is no, th- you can't ethically consume media in, in under the wing of capitalism. No, I'm could sorry. you ever? No, you ne- but now it's just so out in the open. <laughs> I mean, Ethan Hawke said something two years ago trashing like superhero movies. Yeah. Kind of ha- like he went in a roundabout way. Not what Scorsese did. Where well, Scorsese, the joke was, now if they can get Scorsese on, they'll have everybody that hates yeah. movies wrapped up in them. <clears throat> Un- like, uh, it's just so sad. It's not. All you can do is watch <laughs> Chinatown on repeat. I watched it again this morning. I watched it twice. Did you really? No, I okay. finished it this morning. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I guess that just leaves you with the Coen brothers. I mean, it's... Is this a segue of some sort? No, it's not. I'm just depressed. <laughs> it's much more fun watching these Coen Brother movies than I did watching WandaVision. Huh. I don't want... Is that a new phone, Scout? No. Okay. I don't want these movies to be bad. I just... Well, are you talking about Coen or no, MCU? No, MCU. And I don't want this stuff to be bad, but it's like people can't look at these things. There's no... You can't be critical about them without being like someone who hates fun. It's its own thing. Like you can be critical. Yeah, it can be not for you. Yeah, but if you don't like Captain Marvel, you hate women. <laughs> no, that's your own demons that you're dealing with. That's, <laughs> that's I'm trying person. to outrun them demons. Yeah, don't don't project, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I can't hate women and like Captain Marvel. That's I didn't I care for say. Captain Marvel, and I didn't care for the the pandering women battle scene in Endgame either. And I don't hate women, so you're fine. <laughs> um, I, I know what happened in the Man of Steel. That was that's a superhero. I, I haven't made her watch it yet. No. I'm trying to figure out if I can punish her. <laughs> is is it that bad? Make her watch the Punisher show. Oof. That was that's a rough one. I Probably not for Emily either. Just watch the Capitol Riot if you want to see the Punisher. <laughs> back Seen enough the blue. of that as well. We back. The, this is a pot. We're a back the blue podcast. I don't know if I said that. Now I saw a dog last night wearing a collar that said "Dogs Lives Matter." <laughs> And I don't know if that's a dig at Blue Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter because it could go either way, and it's very different depending on which way well, it goes. I sent Scott the story of a couple weeks ago in Kingston, a police dog bit its handler, and then the handler shot, had to kill the dog. That's what you were going to send me. And no, you it didn't. wasn't. Okay, I was going to send why, you. Why are you laughing as you tell the story? Because <laughs> I don't know sad. what. So Emily, like most people, like you don't want to hear a depressing story about pets, but since or any animal. It was the manatee that oh, I was going to send you. Okay, I mentioned the manatee. Yeah, I talked. Tim, did you see the manatee? Was it the manatee with the twin baby manatees swimming next? to No, it? this was a sad story. Adorable. You didn't see that. This was the manatee that had Trump scrawled in the back. Oh God! But Dave Bautista came out and twenty said, grand, twenty grand. To anyone who has any information on it, because we fucking love our manatees. But they have no def- like. I will say this: 
it's horrible. It's depressing. It's I just feel like you're lining up for a joke, <laughs> and I don't care for it already. It probably didn't hurt the manatee. Pat, you don't know that? But they have barnacles and algae on them. I'm just thinking, like, it probably... It wasn't like they tattooed, like, <laughs> Scott is <laughs> it. I'm not defending it. I'm just like, the manatee probably, like, wasn't, it was probably stressed out, but, like. Well, the manatee doesn't know that it says Trump. I'm sure <laughs> well, it felt I guess it. The manatee was really hoping yeah, it was a Biden it, tattoo. It, it said Biden, <laughs> and then they scrawled it off. <laughs> Who would take the time to do that? And I heard it was to Banksy. what gain? It was the latest Banksy installation. Oh, now I'm uh, sad and mad. I, it was it was really aggravating. Cheer yourself up with the, the police dog. Emily, you ever see Exit Through the Gift Shop? It's a good no, movie. even though you've told me to watch it right. at least movie? five times. I like it. I, okay. Yeah. Tim? I don't think it's rewatchable. But I was going to say, one, once it's yeah. probably enough. I don't think it's rewatchable. Oh, own goal. Oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's WandaVision. I mean, I feel like the hype is going to... Is not. I, I think it might fade away in some aspects because there's, nobody's really talking yeah, about it. Yeah, there's a risk it. of that. Yeah, but so are they doing two episodes a week for? No, they're just going to do one. I don't think so. Okay. They, the way it worked with Mando is they got two months of discourse out of it because they did it weekly, and I think they want to try to replicate that. But if nobody likes it, then no one's going to talk about it. Yeah, and these nostalgia references aren't going to work with people that are fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Hmm. So. That's too bad. I, I'm. Is this swinging a miss for the the Marvel crew? Pat, were you well, a, we'll see. Were you a Bewitched guy or an I Dream a Genie? <sighs> it's a great question, Tim. What were we growing up? Um, I feel like we were I Dream a Genie. We were. See, I was going to go the other way. Well, it's because I Dream a Genie is much more in the slave woman aspect, so that's why Pat was. Oh, okay. That that's way. Right. Yeah, right. that's true. That's. Yeah, Couldn't I think of how my parents were. It's too scandalous to have her belly button exposed. I feel like exposed. I remember seeing Bewitched on the TV growing up. I don't think I ever sat down. I was like, oh, let's let's gather around and yeah. watch. Yeah, Papa, them. may I watch Bewitched? Uh, and he would say, night. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I don't. I feel like Nick at Night was like a novelty that was, you know. Careful oof. what you say there. <laughs> what was I going to say? Em- Emily is very warm on the, the old Nick at Night. Nick at Night. So what were you, Emily, then? Uh, a, a Bewitched fan? Were you a fan of Samantha? Or I don't remember the She loved Darren name. Warren. Yeah. Um, what was the genie's name? I watched Bewitched more, but I did watch both. And, uh, you know, Dick Van Dyke, all those all those old classics. This is the trap of WandaVision we're falling into. Yeah. Oh. All but right. Let's, let's kind of... We can move on. Yeah. Did everybody watch Hail Caesar? Mm-hmm. Tim? Yes, I did. Scott? Yeah. How many times have you seen it? This is my second. This is my second. Um, Emily, your first? Yes. Tim, Tim, your first? It was the second time I watched it as well. Okay. I actually forgot that I had watched it, though. That's I did that with A Serious Man. I had seen it years ago and didn't remember until I watched it. That hurts. But I, I sat down <laughs> with my wife the other night, and I said, let's watch this movie. And then we're like halfway through, and she said, you've made me watch this before. Oh, God. <laughs> that is like a woman Coen Brothers experience. Like, oh, yeah. I've been made to watch this. And the guy doesn't even remember. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. We've already watched. This is the third time you forced me to watch No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what did you think of the film? Uh, it's definitely really wacky, mm-hmm. um, and there were just there were like some o- really odd things about it that I I couldn't quite place. 
but I think overall I really enjoyed it probably the second time more than the first because I actually remember it <laughs> but the whole analogy for communism or whatever the message was there was <laughs> if there was one it was just so muddy and weird and, and kind of hilarious for that reason like the the fact that he was even trying to make that they were trying to make some argument at all about communism was just goofy and weird. I don't think, I think, I think they were just using that as a backdrop because that actually stuff kind of ha- like there was a red scare in Hollywood mm-hmm. at the time. So the Coen brothers said, all right, we're going to almost do a parody of that so they right. can kind of pull out all their favorite Hollywood tropes and kind of make fun of them all. Basically, if you look at Buster Scruggs, where that was, what, four or five stories yeah. that weren't connected, but they were like vignettes that were part of like this bigger thing about like Westerns. Hail Caesar was like that for Hollywood. Right. I mean, it had just sure. dueling reporters trying to get the story, mm-hmm. private eye, tap dancing, um, I communism. Really, I really love that tap dancing number. That tap dancing <laughs> number was, I feel bad no dames. That, <laughs> yeah, the gay undertones too, <laughs> or overtones. Over, pretty over. Really funny. Yeah. Um, did you? Wh- where would you put it, Tim? In your like, Coen Brothers sort of like lexicon or like pantheon of films? I don't. I haven't thought about it that much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Pat not, doesn't like it, right? Can I say that for you that you don't care for it? Oh, I definitely liked it a lot more the second time around. Okay, um, you've been ripping it for years since I just, that first time you because watched it. it well, as you can now, now tell, I have a more nuanced take on it. Mm. Um, why is the table moving? Oh, Scott's no, kicking it. All right. No, it was was me moving something under the table. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's... Why are the laws of physics applying to me <laughs> right now? Okay. I'll say this about the movie. I think I said this last time we recorded. George Clooney and Josh Brolin, I think, should have switched roles. Because George Clooney, to me does not do comedy well at all. Yeah, but he, he plays a really good dipshit. And I don't think Josh Brolin could do it. It doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. They, the Coens only use him for the silly dipshit I don't think roles. he was very good in Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Of the, of the three leads, he was the worst. Totoro does slapstick. The other guy, I don't remember his name. I disagree. I think Clooney was really good in Burn After Reading as a comic. Yeah, yeah, I think foil. so too. I just think he does, it's one note. He does one thing. And it's like kind of this weird Well, weren't all the rent. characters kind of, I mean, the Brolin's character was pretty one note too, wasn't yeah, he? They're Dep- all like Dep- the character isn't the Cohen's goal here. Especially I guess not so. in Hail Caesar, yeah. It's just, he plays a really good aloof actor. So you want Clooney to be the serious guy trying to yes. save everybody? I want him, yeah, I want him to be the private investigator, a little Michael Clayton. Yeah, go to Michael Clayton for that. <laughs> Let him be the... <laughs> if you want the middle ground, hit up in the air. And ah, I, I definitely don't stinks. see Brolin capturing that kind of manic... No way. Uh, ...energy that Clooney has in that okay, movie. It, like, it's just a thought that I have. Well, we're here to shut it down. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, Scarlett so, Johansson was great. She was good. I mean, she's like... You can, she's like almost unrecognizable in that role to me. She does such accent. a good job. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because like you I forgot it was her. It. You, like, you know it's check. her, and then she starts talking. And is it her? See, also when the Coen Brothers do a movie like this, it's like a good excuse for them to be like, "Oh, we're gonna make like a gigantic set 
Like that swimming thing, like that set was massive. Yeah. I mean, that might be one of the biggest things they've ever done. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think the movie was marketed probably not correctly. It's a hard movie to market. I don't think any of their movies are marketed well. No Country was marketed well. Yeah, that's an easy, that's an easy one. No Country wasn't even marketed as like a Coen Brothers movie because I think it actually had, it was marketed like a... Updated Western. Yeah, like a Western meet. And it, I don't know, Tommy Lee Jones was in it. He's not really like a Coen Brothers type actor, but... You know, I, I think the movie, upon, in retrospect, I think is a lot better. Channing Tatum's really good. I've read some things that, like, people said he wasn't very good. I'm like, that tap date, that tap dancing thing was excellent. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And yeah. the way he changes once he's in, like, the serious mm-hmm. communist man role. <laughs> it's true. Um, serious communist man. That's... I like that. Tilda Swinton. Like Francis McDormand's little. Quick little. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The real to real. It was fun. That was silly, too. Like, it was the whole, silly. The whole movie's silly. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really so, funny. Speaking of silly, there was something really caught my attention, which is at certain points in the movie, there would just be a completely, uh, not out of place sound effect, but it, the sound effect would be such in the foreground of the of the, of the the audio that it was distracting. Did anyone else notice that? No. I did not. I didn't. So there's a couple points where they I watched mention... it on my uh, my phone though, so yeah. I couldn't. The audio wasn't great. So the the three noises that I heard that are just like out of just like crystal clear in the foreground. Um, when he's talking to the reporter, there's a bird noise. There's like a loud hawk just goes caw, and you hear it three <laughs> times in the movie. That's it cool. Just... And then there's the scene where he's in the Chinese food restaurant next to the aquarium. And you hear the bubbles of the aquarium just like super loud for I don't know what reason. Hmm. And and then Stephen Root farts really loudly at one. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I don't care for that at all. That's that's beneath the Coen Brothers. And this podcast. And definitely this podcast. <laughs> I wanted more Stephen Root. He was not in. Yeah, you that, can never have. I, I know him. that character was nothing, but he he's so lovely and everything that he does. I just need more of him. Which character was he? He is the extra, one of the two extras at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Scene, um, the larger of the two. What about Wayne Knight? Wasn't Wayne Knight in it, too? Maybe I confused Wayne Knight and Stephen Root. I think I you are, because Stephen Root is... He's Milton in yeah. Office Space. Was that Wayne Knight the whole time? All right, well, Wayne Knight farts then. <laughs> that makes sense. Newman passing gas. That is up to the Coen Brothers level. Tim, we'll edit that out. I don't want you to get... No, no, allow. But Stephen Root. I mean, they do look alike. To be fair, they do. And I can always use more Stephen Root in my life. That's true. And he, okay, who plays the brother in A Serious Man? With that's always getting his thing drained. I forget his name. I can't. It's embarrassing. I don't remember his name. It's a Jewish name, and I don't want to be. Okay, you already are. (laughs) Is it? I don't think it's that. The actor that was in Wandavision, or is it? No, No. um, that's uh, Fred Melamed. That's Cy Abelman. Cy Abelman? <laughs> I, I think uh, that's... Did you think that was funny upon I don't think reviewing? He, yes. I, it's so yeah. funny. It's like... It's better every time you see it, though. The fact that he's so... That Michael Stuhlberg, like, isn't... His anger is not being reciprocated and is, like, how outlandish everything is. Like Richard that's, Kind. 
Richard yeah. Kind. I didn't think it was a Jewish name, but... No? Kind of. <laughs> uh, anyway, go ahead, Cy Abelman. It's so funny how, like, Michael Stuhlberg's character is so mad, so confused, and nobody is like, they're not meeting him halfway at all. Yeah, no, no one says, yeah, this is really messed up. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> That'd be great if they did. And he's looking around just waiting for that confirmation and yeah. coming from nowhere. Cy Abelman's hugging him every chance he gets <laughs> yep. and saying, I understand this is a hard time. And no one's giving no. him. He has, yeah. to, he has to climb the ranks of the rabbis, keep looking for an answer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like w- when he sees talk with the kid trying to bribe him and the dad is like, there's no payment. Like, it's just really funny. I don't know. It made me howl laughing how funny that movie was. How? I did. Um, I Tim, it's more of you... like a chuckle. I don't think it's a howling. I howled. <laughs> I howled. Tim, did you watch Barton Fink? I did watch Barton Fink, Pat. What did you think of Barton Fink? All right, so I watched... This is the second time I've watched Barton Fink as well. I did remember the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, did your wife still get mad at you? <laughs> I, I watched this one on my own. Good decision. Um, I watched it right after I watched Tail Caesar. Uh, I did I reverse. I liked it. I think that I maybe understood a little bit more what was going on in the movie, but... Um, no, it was interesting. I... I don't really know what to say about it without trying to like break it down, like try to figure out what it was about. Well, it also was similar to a serious man where nobody is understanding like all how crazy everything is. The world is sort of like burning around him eh? and uh, nobody really gets it. But definitely the first time I saw the movie, I did not, I just straightforward was like, I watched the film. Right. But like now, you Upon, see him hit all the Cohen notes. Yeah. Like their formula is really on display. It They're really, you know, they're coming into their own as filmmakers. Like, the wallpaper falling off the wall. Disgusting. Emily loved it. You didn't like that? I, I Did you like it? I mean, it was I like that because I've seen that in my own home before. <laughs> it reminds me. So, just stuff dripping down the wall. What I read about this movie was that they were writing Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. And hit kind of a writer's block. And this was their, like... Release. Uh, release okay. for writer's block. And they wrote it in a month, this screenplay. Wow. And then so, finished it up and went back to Miller's Crossing. So what I that what I took from the movie was that it, it was a movie about writing. Yeah. It was... And there was a, a really blurred edge between where we are in reality and where we are inside his head. Right. And so I think a lot of, like, the the stuff like the world burning around him, the murder, I think all of that's in his head hasn't, and is what he's written and not what is actually happening to him. I couldn't figure out what was real and what was not. Well, they never say why explicitly what he's doing. They never say like why he's there. What do you mean? He's He's there to write a wrestling picture. But like, they don't say in the beginning, like we're sending you to a hotel. You're going to write the wrestling picture. Like this stuff. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, they don't say we're sending you to a hotel, but they say Hollywood wants you because his play was such a success, so they want him to come right for the pictures. And then he picks the shitty hotel because he's the everyman. Yeah, he doesn't okay. want to stay to be nice. reminded of crap New York. Yeah. But then the every, common man's But every plight. chance he gets, he puts down the everyman. Yeah, right. especially when he's face-to-face with the everyman, who John Goodman, obviously, he's what, I hate this description, but he is like a treasure a national treasure. I hate when people <laughs> say that. But <laughs> why are you laughing? 
I because I'm no you, better than you. It. Just can't be sincere about anything. That's nope, why I'm laughing. I can't. <laughs> um, but he's so good in it. He is. And this was like not. This isn't current John Goodman, who we all know and love as a guy that's going to make a movie. This it was, was thirty years ago. It's thirty years ago, and I liked his character. I know I he was too. bad, but at the end, well, he was technically bad the whole time. He, but he was so friendly and. Um, John Turturro's character, Barton Fink, was like was nice to him as he got to know him. But like, that was very realistic. But he still always wanted something from him. It was never like a genuine. I enjoy your company. It was like I need help or yeah, I need you to get away from me or what or whatever he was going through. But their interactions were so like definitely enjoyed that more the second time around. Like when I first watched it, that went right over my head. This time, I was like, ah, I could watch them just act off each other forever. It was really good. So I'm looking at an article from The Atlantic right now, and they are talking about um, the different points that the Coen brothers always hit. So this is talking about Barton Fink, and they say, is there a dream sequence? Yes. Mm -hmm. Important scene set in a bathroom? (laughs) Yes. Conspicuous use of fans? Like ceiling fans or yeah. table desk, desk fans. Fan. Yeah. yeah, that's yes. funny because deranged hair. Yes. It okay. Uniformed elevator operator. These are not things that I've <laughs> noticed, but now looking back, number of characters who vomit, and John Goodman going berserk. That it's so funny because in Inside Lewin Davis, when they're in that bathroom, <laughs> that's like the craziest. <laughs> that bathroom is so huge is. and long, and it, and. John Goodman goes crazy in there. Yeah, he overdoses. He overdoses. That's really funny. <laughs> the uh, the name in book, I sent you guys a picture of one of it, but in that line of things, they have the same handful of scenes and everything. And so the book just has like one clip from each movie with like six or eight clips and you just see how they repeat themselves over hmm. and over. And it doesn't feel like it while you're watching it. No. And then you look back and it's like, damn. Well, it's, it like, <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to make, this is how we make a movie. It doesn't matter what the story is. These are what we... Because like, I'm sure all directors do that in a way. But they're yeah, just this a is little, a process. They're just a little more explicit. I mean, look at Martin Scorsese. I mean, yeah. his Marty? movies... Yeah, Marty. His movies are like... Even the subject matter at some point is just kind of redundant. But yeah, Coen Brothers are... I wish I was like a real smart person. So I could I wish really... I myself too. So like you could really watch these movies and... I'd like to be so smart that I could suck all the fun out of them <laughs> and all the enjoyment and just look at them at an academic level. Mm-hmm. You're almost there, I think. I, I want to get there. <laughs> my attitude and emotions are there, but my brain hasn't reached yet. <laughs> um, Where do you rate Barton Fink in your Cohen lineup? That's a good question. He's not smart enough to I'm rate not- it high. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, the list changes, but like... Inside Lewin Davis is like, I've seen it probably the most, but I think a true Cohen, a Cohen head, he might, they, I don't know if that breaks the top eight, you know. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've only seen no, Con- I've only seen no country twice. So you're punishing the movies you like for watching more. <laughs> yeah. Because the, you know, you, you'll let the aesthetic ideal take the place of how you actually feel. Probably. All right. Let me think. I'm going to do a quick top three. Um, Lewin Davis. It was just number eight two seconds ago. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said for a like a real, like a Coen Brothers fan. It doesn't. Right. I don't know if Lewin Davis breaks the top. <laughs> Serious man, Lewin Davis. 
I haven't seen Oh Brother in a long time, but like I really loved that when it first came out. Like right off the bat, I was like, I really like this movie. I've never seen Raising Arizona. I've tried to watch it, didn't dig it. Okay. Tim, have you seen Raising Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, you seem like a, a Nick Cage kind of guy. I did like it. I, I have you seen it, Emily? Same a lo- very long time ago. I gotta try it again, but something about that kind of like madcap humor mm-hmm. that even if they're like doing like a you like need bur- more serious humor serious men yeah <laughs> like burn after reading is a parody of that kind of comedy it's a parody of the it's not a parody of comedies <laughs> but it's like they're doing that style of comedy in a way that is like an ode to it i don't know it, it's very hard to sort of quantify it yeah it is I mean, okay, it's a slapstick movie, right? But there's a sex machine. There is. And, like, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. So, I don't know. What way would your top three Coens be? I don't know. I'm not going to do this right now. See, look, I, I have to sit here and struggle. <laughs> I will and- just tell you, I'll take the, the everyman route and say Big Lebowski is always going to be my number one. I've just seen and, it so many times, and it's, and I would say I would similarly say that Fargo is at the top. For, yeah. I forgot about one. Fargo. There's Fargo's like, a perfect movie. Yeah, it is. Well, I think we're the premier Coen Brothers podcast. <laughs> Imagine like <laughs> putting this even like a top a thousand Coen Brothers podcast. I did uh, want to throw in a couple of Barton Fink uh, hit details. Me. Hit me so, with the Fink of the week. So they always base their movies on books and plays and stuff that they've loved. So this is based off of Clifford Odette's The Big Knife and then Nathaniel West's The Day of the Locust. And they kind of combine those two things as the, the movie goes along. Who are you along. trying to impress with these facts? Yeah. Um, See, then, then, we're going to okay. get messages. Hey, Scott has <laughs> such the, great ideas. The <laughs> um, this is, that, th- that's what's been happening. Mm-hmm. What you happened? and I come off is just... Just the, a couple of dopes. All right, so we have... Gum Barton, on the bottom of Barton the sheet. Yeah. Barton Fink as the Jewish man in the hotel. The two detectives' names are Deutsch and Mastrianati. So you okay. get the Germans and the Italians sizing up the Jewish guy in the mm-hmm. hotel. All right? Those are your World War II connotations. Okay. I do have a question about that, but we'll get to it after. And then when he goes to watch the dailies on the wrestling picture on the clapboard, the day is December 9th, 1941, which is two days after Pearl Harbor was bombed. Okay. So all this stuff ties in together. Coens don't miss any details. And no. you forgot to mention that the writer is based off of William Faulkner. Faulkner. That's who I couldn't... I didn't forget. From Meet the Parents? <laughs> oh, Faulkner. They mm. said Falker. <laughs> the, who plays him? Uh, ben Stiller? No. He was also in The American President. What is his name? Hold on. Oh, um, the from Frasier? Yeah, Lines? the dad from Frasier. Oh. I thought that was a good... He was good. I felt yeah, bad. But like, that's all based off William Faulkner's like, rumors and stuff. Yeah. Like the, being his Martin wife Crane. was Martin Crane. Okay. Um, so to follow up with the the Hitler and in, in World War Two, I didn't get why John Goodman said Heil Hitler at the end when he shot the that, cops. That's up for debate. It's either a mocking them or it's being a Nazi. Okay. They don't really clarify. No, okay, it. so I didn't really miss it. No. Okay. Um, but the other thing is, on the dailies, you have the big German guy coming towards the screen. Yeah. You know, he's kind of the Nazi in his own way. Okay. Well, I think we did it. A lot to unpack. But, but I think we, I think we solved the Coen Brothers. 
Well, now they're separated. Their next thing is going to be a Othello movie? Maybe. Macbeth. Macbeth with Denzel. Who, is it Joel or Ethan if I they're separated? Don't, I don't know. Listen, they're not separated. They're just doing their own thing they're doing for the their first own thing. time. Now, before the in, the incident at the Capitol, we were going to talk about Bean Dad, but that just, there's no way we Long can talk gone. about that in good faith. But uh, I, I even had a thing about friends. I wrote this nice headline for Francisco Lindor going to New York, and who gives a shit? Who cares? So, Tim, we're going to take a break, but uh, thanks for joining us. Well, I thought the reason that we were having Tim on this podcast is we were going to break down uh, Ben Folds 5's Zach and Sarah. Oh, no. <laughs> no? Is that... Maybe next week. All right. We'll do that for the next time. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for having me. Do you and, have uh, any last words? Uh, no, just I'm going to be putting up a GoFundMe for lawyer fees to get me <laughs> okay. out of this whole riot situation. <laughs> all right. I'd look for a link for that on the uh, Yes This Is Podcast Instagram. <laughs> Definitely. All right, All right. Tim. Thanks. Talk to so you later. That was a Tegan and Sarah joke. Oh, I didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a little break, and uh, we'll be back. And we're back. We back. We're back. We're are back. We, are we recording? Black. We are recording. Were you ready? I'm ready. I, I don't think you were. I'm ready. Um, I think we had a good little discussion there with Timothy. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Tim. He brings a... a he doesn't have the same... Uh, he's not dead emotionally like I am and cynical, so cynical. We, right. And so it's got to be a bit we of need, a... We need that other half of the McDonough yeah. clan. I mean, he's fulfilled. He's got a dog. Look at these two cats. They're just passed out. Uh, I like this track a lot. So this sounds so much like that Gary Newman 80s song, Cars. Oh, really? Do you know that song? I do. <laughs> I mean, not so much like it, but You're it's in the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the original idea of this podcast was that we would listen to music. Yeah, but it's now a music podcast. It's a music of. podcast. So somebody rec- we were going to do a big MF Doom spectacular, mm-hmm. and then we realized that that was a bad idea because there's we, just, we were in over our heads. We were yeah. in way over our heads. So I listened to a lot of MF Doom. I really dug what I listened to. I can't. I'm not qualified for a number of reasons. We're really not qualified to do any of these discussions. No, we're not. I think that we did. I think early on we did a lot of these bands justice. I think we got one episode where it was... Cocktail okay. Twins? <laughs> yeah. That's the first one we did. Raincoat's one wasn't bad. Raincoat, Raincoat's that was good. Uh, but yeah, downhill since then. <laughs> downhill since then, definitely. So, Tegan and Sarah, mm-hmm. they are sisters. Twin sisters. Twin sisters. Tw- Canadian. I did not know that. Yep. Uh, they are, I would say, a beloved band... Or group. Definitely like a cult Duo. following. In the vein of, I would say, Bright Eyes to me. Like very famous where they're famous. Exactly. They are famous. Uh, Beloved, like you said. In, in the people that love them, absolutely love them. Right. People that have, I guess, I, 
you know, I listened to a lot of that kind of music in the early 2000s, but I had never heard them before. Now, there's a track called Walking with a Ghost. People are telling me I've heard this before. You know that, what? And you've heard, I'm certain, another famous song that I'm drawing a blank on. One second. Okay, I have heard this. Yeah. I don't really... Didn't stick with me. Have you heard this before? I don't know. Is this like in a commercial? White Stripes covered it. Really? Hmm. That's what you read. Another brother-sister combo. Mm-hmm. No. They were. Yeah. No, kind of. Whatever. For a time. <laughs> so, this artist... I'll never, I'll never understand that. No. I won't try. This band was given to us as sort of like a request. Now... I feel really bad when people request stuff because I think that the implication is that you will like this. And I want to hear you talk about it. But guess what? Yeah, the implication isn't that you'll like it. So this came from my friend Courtney, and she didn't actually request that we do it. She suggested it for me, and I just dragged you two along with oh. me. Oh, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> um, she did say it's very different from the Tegan and Sarah that I know more of and that the general population knows more of. It's Gen more pop. Like, I was very surprised to see Everything is Awesome as their number one song. Is that from Lego? Yeah. They did that? Apparently. Oh my God. On Spotify, it's, it's a, Where it's a, Does the Good Go? Yeah. I'm on the lesser known Amazon. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if... I don't think I was... I don't think I've ever said the name Tegan. Me and Scott have been since 2000 probably tossing back and forth music recommendations and this artist has never come up come up no i can guarantee it now have you ever heard them before besides these popular tracks that we're talking about no i only know like a lot of their more well-known songs but i do love that song living room and i put that on my list of songs that we did an episode on a few weeks back okay so that's where courtney heard it and said you might want to check out their earlier stuff I think a different album would have been better. This was very, like, it was basically all just acoustic guitar. Yeah, that surprised Maybe me. Maybe a couple of electric guitars and a bass, but... Yeah. But I, they were so young. They were in high school when they wrote this. Yeah. They, Not this. this. Living, okay. Not so, when they wrote Under Feet Like Ours. I felt like there was something about the record right off the bat to me... It felt very explored. They had skills. That's the cat food. (laughs) They were like, they were making a record. Okay, good. God. They were making a record that they had learned all these things and they were just applying all their skills that they learned. That's how I felt. Some of the vocals were just really weird and did, I did not like them. A lot of repeat, repeating. I did like it. Now, I am utterly shocked. I don't know. my overall vibe is just kind of campfire, beach, beach fire. Let's <laughs> okay, go beach I'm fire. Beach fire. Playing I'm guitar around the beach fire, strumming away. Are these things no? you... I'm sh- I didn't even know you liked those things. Once in a while. Okay. I'm going to play... It felt very um, high school to me. Like, they're definitely late teens, and you can hear that in the lyrics, but... Maybe this is why I'm on my, yeah, on my nostalgia kick. Yeah. Scott but they're Thor- obviously talented. I, I mean, can't take that away because... Well, we, finish your thought. I'm sorry. I interrupted I you. I mean, people who know the music biz, unlike us, heard this and saw like the diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. And so 
hi like signed them on to record labels and toured with them and and they did really expand their sound after that they're pretty prolific too yeah 10 albums or so i had no idea that they had so many records this song just like annoyed me i don't know what it was i liked this one the vocals they don't do any of these little i don't know what you call these things they're doing with their voices but they don't do that anymore no no I tossed this on during the week, and I immediately had a repulsive reaction. Now, (laughs) I listened to it five, six times. I was happy every time. Who is this guy? I don't don't know. I can never never pinpoint him. And then I had a whole Saren Teagan morning. (laughs) I like how you're reversing it. So, they started out originally Saren Teagan, but people mistakenly took it for one person, Sarah and Teagan. So they switched it to Tegan, Tegan and Sarah so that it was more distinctly two people. Okay. And I like that there's no no ego there. They just yeah. go back and forth. How would you have a, such a creative... Uh, Coen Brothers, too. We're t- this is a brother and sister podcast today, okay. yeah, essentially. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I can't imagine, as much as I love my siblings, like doing any kind of creative, creative pursuit with them. Never mind a twin. Yeah. Well... Yeah, it's fascinating. I can't... Im- I would say that I've had creative ideas with my brother, but like they've never been proper. They've never came to fruition. I mean, it's like where we might be family, but our ideas are way different. I mean, I can't imagine you doing anything with your brother. Fucking no. Or sister. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I don't really know your brother and you have a brother and a sister, right? I have a brother and two sisters. Brother and two sisters. I never really heard you mention him before. So, <laughs> I maybe I talk about my brother and sister a lot. With the Coens, the people that work with them say that when they're working on a project, they're just of one mind. Yeah. Um individually they're very different, but if you one of the I don't know if it was a cinematographer or not, but whenever he had an idea, you know, if he ever went up to one of them first, like the other one would just be like you got to wait till he gets here. Like there's no point in telling him just I one s- of us. I read that. Yeah. That was uh I found that to be interesting. Yeah, but they work so well together, and they're just completely on the same page. And twins, I'm sure, have a different level of that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. I didn't get into... I wanted to read more about them and how they... Who plays what, who sings when. Yeah, I didn't really... I don't know if there's any distinction. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea, but I'm interested in it. Like... Neil Young signed them early on. Really? That's the first... Yeah, his record Canadian. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then, guess who they toured with? Everyone's favorite sexual predator, Ryan, Ryan Adams. Adams. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite sexual predator. Um, this record just, unfortunately, I can't, I don't want to say, I'm just going to go back to what I've said before. It didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Um, it's not meant for me. You know, I, I, I listened to it in good faith. But I'll tell you what I did do. I said, this is their first record. I'm going to randomly pick a couple songs and see if I like these any better. Um, so I personally play this a song Freedom by them and I'll tell you this part that truly made me pissed I didn't care for this song either this one? yeah see I like all this yeah it's like Gusto it's like Melissa Etheridge yeah Indigo Girls yeah it's definitely of that sound yeah just careful you're gonna tell where you're going (laughs) and (laughs) 
Listen to this. No. Sorry. She's going for it. I, they were She's kids. 18. I know, I know. Now, let me play a track. I just picked this randomly. Arrow from the 2009 record, Sainthood. Now, I said to myself, let's see what they sounded like, you know, 10 years later, which is 10 years ago from now. Crazy. It is crazy. I didn't, I thought they were, they never like were in, it's weird. They were never on a playlist that I listened to or never on a compilation, but. Maybe they were. I skipped over it on principle. <laughs> now this Two track. Two female artists yeah, playing together. <laughs> I like this track. Arrow. I don't know if I know this song. Now, yeah. the vocals are like way more produced. Yeah. But it's also... Kids. This yeah. is the, their sound now is that it? everyone knows okay. them for. Yeah. Synth pop? Is that? Yeah. And I like the chorus on this, too. See, I move a little and I like something. Yeah, you did it involuntarily. During the intro, yeah. I was moving that I made. <laughs> you hate an involuntary action. I do. Yeah, I, I knowing what I know about them and their sound, I found listening to Under Feet Like Ours very interesting. Um, Scott and I had a brief conversation this week about reading and watching and listening to things with a historical context. So doing it through the lens of they're 19 years old, it's 1999, mm-hmm. they're in high school, like knowing all of that, I could appreciate it more than just throwing it on and yeah, trying to That's. I think for like the purpose of this podcast, listening to something like that, it's ripe for research. Yeah. Trying to figure out what they were thinking at the time, what was going on. I I mean, mean, think about our 19 year old selves and what... (laughs) What concerned us? Family guy. graduating magna cum laude. (laughs) So, I wouldn't have had like the... I don't know what the word is. Um, the scope of yeah. like looking at the world yeah, in a way yeah. where you can like create art. Yes. Uh, yeah, me neither. I was very stupid. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think of when we listened to the Bombay Bicycle Club. That shit was, there was nothing <laughs> redemptive about it in terms of artistically. No. At the time, there's no, there was nothing there. But this is like, these people have diehard fans. I mean, I, I appreciate it. if they're your favorite band, you're probably like, yeah, they haven't done anything in a while. But there's a lot to unpack there. Stylistic changes. They just wrote a book last year. Together? Mm-hmm. It was a storybook. Memoir. Memoir. That's a better word for storybook. it. Storybook. <laughs> book of stories <laughs> about us. Let me play. Now, I guess the con is like their big record. Yeah. Never heard it. Definitely heard the tr- the name. Let me see if I can find a song. See, this track, it was produced by Chris Walla from Death Cab. So, like, it does have, like, a more electric, electronic vibe to it. Okay, this track, I Was Married. Kind of infantile. Nursery rhyme-esque. There's something to dig into here with you thinking that female pop songs are meant for babies. But that's okay. Infant, we can infantile. We can get to that at some other point. Pat's <laughs> <laughs> eating his fist right now. Sorry. <laughs> I just, you know, you you say to your friends you want to make a podcast. You beg them to come on, and then four months goes by, and all of a sudden you're 
You're canceled. <laughs> like that's what's gonna happen. I like this track. Yeah. I do want to listen to this album more. I haven't actually given it a full listen. The uh, con. Yeah, I think I probably will. I mean, the last two weeks I've gotten really into Haim, which is Ooh. thank you very... to Courtney and Glenda for correcting our mispronunciation. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess I broke my hymen, you could say, <laughs> and started listening to them. That was a text-only joke. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oops. Uh, <laughs> very. First of all, they have a, three records. I really like the the two most recent records. I didn't want to pick them for the podcast because I didn't want. I wanted to enjoy too them. Infantile? Yeah, too. In, I wanted to enjoy them without the academic restraints that we normally put on music, but. <laughs> I will, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but what was the track that you liked from the Tegan and Sarah record? I didn't Scott. really have any favorites. Yeah, this was my favorite. We just want to talk. <laughs> okay, say bye. Bye! The yeah, end. The five-second one? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I feel bad when people recommend you something and you don't love it. Yeah, I liked it. And I the more I listened to it, again, I say this all the time, the more I liked it, except for like Bombay Bicycle Club. That Ugh. wasn't the case. But Those bike heads are going to come after us. <laughs> I know. I can hear them outside now. But like that song Freedom you just played, I really did not like that. No. And I don't then, know what But the more genre. I heard it, I was like, okay, I, I do kind of like this. I liked This Is Everything. I liked the first song that you already said you didn't care for. This is all right. It's very Pixies. Yeah, gigantic. <laughs> I bet they listen to Pixies. I mean, they're the perfect age. Their for the influences are all over the place. Ninety nine was like the Pixies ran it like Renaissance. Yeah. If I really wanted to punish the people on this podcast, I would say we have to listen to new Pixies music. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what's your review of a non-alcoholic beer? Uh, that's pretty good. A little thin. A little thin. Just yeah. Just a little thin. Would you be but able to tell? Good. No, this could definitely be a mediocre alcoholic beer. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's from the Black is Beautiful, which money goes to. Uh, it strikes me more as a black lager than it does a black IPA. This is the Two Roots Brewing Black Milkshake IPA. I wish I had some of the Two Roots IPA with uh, weed extract yeah. in it because that's pretty good. I actually bought more of it. Um, pretty tasty i mean it this it's not o'doul's like you would drink no it's got good flavor to it yeah it's not bad emily you had a thought i was just i was looking at their influences so their early influences green day nirvana and hole i don't hear any of that quote truly starting to cement our desire to write and make our own music were those three bands Hmm. i hear a little hole and then during their teenage years smashing pumpkins violent femmes dinosaur jr teenage fan club Fems are there. Fems are there yeah. for like the acoustic punk aspect yeah. of it. But like Teenage Fan Club, I don't hear that. And then later, this is where it gets all over the place. Depeche Mode, Rihanna, Taylor Swift, Madonna, David Bowie, Pink, Ace of Bass, Tom Petty, Britney Spears, <laughs> Katy Perry. I mean, it goes on and on. Bruce Springsteen against me. Weird. Yeah. I kind of I mean, hear this everything. is Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. But. Yeah. You could have edited that yourself before you came here. You did. Well, Bruce Springsteen was the last <laughs> ad, so. Oh, no. I do feel it's a little spiffed adjacent. Yeah. Now, your friends that listen to this, what else do they like? 
Well, I found out they hate Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. Hmm. I didn't think that was allowed under the contracts of <laughs> being born a woman, that you were not allowed. I thought you had to like and support Taylor Swift. So, <laughs> Courtney and Glenda, my friends who I was talking to about this, they love Tegan and Sarah. My friend Sarah, who also loves Taylor Swift, also loves Tegan and Sarah. So, there is a Venn diagram <laughs> out there again. Um, but yeah, Courtney and Glenda listen to a lot of varied sound. I want... I want to give them another chance for a recommendation for something for us to listen to that they don't think we've heard. You well, know, they've been catching up on the podcast, so they'll hear this in a few weeks. A time. lot of someone <laughs> sent me a picture of a big thing of mussels cooking, and they were like, "Do you like what you see?" <laughs> and I was like, "I go, I don't get it. I couldn't remember that I talked about." He completely eating. blacked out the whole show. I, I forgot thing. that I ate too much, too many mussels. Um, Do you like what you see? That's the creepiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I forgot. I literally forgot. Moist I talked. <laughs> I forgot that I talked about that. Um, yeah, Tegan and Sarah. Don't know what to say. It's yeah. not. I like their their other sound better than this, but I did appreciate listening to this. Yeah, I, I can imagine if you're a fan, they're a great. Or they have a lot of music, and they seem pretty, you know, engaging. Engaging yeah. to the fans. I mean, fans also like. What, how do you say, Rilo Keeley? Kylie. Kylie. Is it Rilo Kylie? Another band I could never get into. Really? I really like them. Yeah. Do you I like love, Jenny Lewis? I, I like everything about her, but the like her last solo record, like I definitely listen to it more than I listen to anything by her. The music to me is like a little idiosyncratic. Meaning what? Like just the starts and stops, like some of her- Rilo Kylie? Yeah. Jenny Lewis too. I mean, I do like her. I loved that movie, The Wizard, that she was in. Never saw it. Really? We've talked about it on this before. The, yeah. Mar- the Mario Brothers. The little kid, he's autistic, and he's really good at Mario Brothers, so they take him across the country to play in a tournament. We haven't talked about this. It was just an ad for Nintendo, but she was in it. Huh. It's a good movie. I think it's on demand. Maybe we'll watch it. It's not. <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening. It's just a movie. <laughs> um, well, Sky, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, my Tegan's covered. Yeah, my Sarah's covered. You don't like Science versus Romance, Rilo Kylie? I, I feel like you would like that song. Let's listen to it. Did it come up as one of their top songs? No, Science versus Romance. Oh no. Uh. Good podcasting. <laughs> Science versus. Oh, here we go. Kind of slow. Picture it. You died. They're giving you a eulogy. Your high school girlfriend's weeping at your casket. But you're really alive. And you're watching from a distance. Seeing everyone mourn you. I like this, Pat. Keep going. <laughs> it's good practice for our script that I know. we're never going to see. I'm, no, it's happening. <laughs> um, this is okay. It picks up a little bit. Better. <laughs> five, five and a half minutes good gravy yeah well what are we gonna do for next week i don't think we've talked about it no we haven't i think we everything's need a, been so precarious I, with my quarantining and and then the, the world new, burning yeah. i mean what's gonna happen this week what do you we don't know i, I don't <laughs> want to goes. I, I will be surprised if there isn't an assassination attempt somewhere how about this is that 
it'll be fine, but you will hear about a foiled assassination. assassination. That seems most likely yeah. right now, but... That's uh, probably the best possible outcome. Yeah. Things are fomenting. What's fomenting? Creating a rebellion. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. The uprising of uh, feelings and emotion. Well, I right? th- I'm just thinking of fermenting and the uprising of bubbles. And yeah, I, I think it works. <laughs> well, I didn't really want to like get into it in the beginning, but you know that day when the you know the storming of the Capitol, like what? It's funny that people were surprised by that. I wasn't instigate or stir up. It wasn't surprising, but it was still shocking. Especially to see all the footage and, I mean, just, we had a week's worth of, like, Well, once you see how, how planned it actually was, pictures. all the people, like, yeah. they yeah. were really looking to take hostages. And yeah. But the DOJ execute. walked that back, that, assert, that assertion that they were going to be, uh, they were going to kidnap people. They, because, remember how the guy came out this week and he was like, you're going to be shocked by what we find. They walked that all back. I don't know who's in command of, like, the DOJ, but, you know. I don't know what you're saying, and I don't agree with it. Well, the DO- Department of Justice, they had a press conference this week where they were like... We let Tim go too early. He could have given us some insider info. He could have. What have they been saying? He's like, I can't. I, I don't have my parlor account anymore. I can't tell you. <laughs> Do you know it was originally supposed to be Parlay? Really? Yeah. But Parlor what, actually, what happened? Like, I don't know. Got too American. <laughs> parlor, to me, is kind of a cool name. I had an It's account. not spelled like a parlor, though, right? It's spelled with an E, not an O. Yeah. Yeah. You had an account? No, I didn't really have an account, but I would check it out. I like to check out, like... So you did have an account. You don't have to have an account to read. Oh, we talked about this. Didn't they, like, ask for your social security number? They do. Number they and... ask for your social... If you want certain privileges. Yeah. Like... That's copies of a driver's license, I think. Yeah. I mean, I just like to see, like, the coping tweet, like, people being like, you know... Did you see somebody pulled all the data from I that did. day? It's like 56 terabytes. Yeah, that's good, but I don't know. I mean... Yeah, but you say the DOJ. It's fine, right? No big deal? It's still the same DOJ that was there three... I mean, it's not... I, I need concrete stuff, but what I was trying to say was that the Department of Justice was like, you're going to be shocked at what we find, and people are going to pay. I don't have the news article at my fingertips, but... They walked back the idea that there was a planned attempt to. Ass- I- I'm disagreeing. I'm like there it there was, but I don't know what they're going to be able to prosecute. I, I don't know what. You know, it'll, it'll be interesting what charges actually get filed. They're really, yeah. they're letting everybody go. Yeah, the guy with the six million Jews shirt. Yeah, yeah. The Auschwitz Insane. camp, like they're letting all these people go. That's why I'm not really thinking that charges still to come, but. They're not being held in well, prison. Big Jim Comey said we should pardon Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. It's right. a it's a rigged system. Who do I sound like when I say that? But it, it really is like, uh, it's really depressing. That's like the, the Capitol thing was, was, like you said, not surprising. I honestly didn't even find it shocking. I, I don't know if shocking and depressing are... It was shocking to me to see what actually all went down and to see just what they were capable of doing the lack of response was shocking but like to me i wasn't surprised i I was surprised but like you never heard about the national guard being they should have been there to begin with but that wasn't going to happen but for it to get so out of control it intentionally wasn't there yeah they were shitting in the halls (laughs) that is 
Yeah, I don't care. For, that's where Design. I draw the line. <laughs> yeah, he prefers the walls, not the halls. <laughs> <laughs> I like my fluids <laughs> on my own wall. vertical. <laughs> A real Barton Fink situation. Ugh. Well, yeah, it's depressing, and it's only going to get worse. That's why. So we may not be here next week. We might not be. Well, who knows? You know. Maybe it'll be a big letdown for some people, what happens. Um, yeah. I hope so. I mean, yeah. I don't give a fucking... I don't care. Like, I just want to go one... Give me a week to not think about the state we're living in. I just want a week. It hasn't happened in four years. No. Every day is worse than the next. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, we got an impeachment trial coming up, so... Yep. You're not going to be able to avoid it. Is the... I mean... Is it even worth it to have the impeachment trial? Yes. Yes. It needs to happen. But I don't know if it's going to... You can't foment a rebellion. <laughs> but like, I think the Dem- I think Democrats are going to realize that they can't push Biden's agenda. Some of them, I'm just saying, to get the full vote, I know that they'll have the majority. But there will be some of these wishy-washy, more centrist ones will be like, we need to turn the page. And that will ma- yeah. make it a complete waste of time. We, time will tell. Are you excited for your six to fourteen hundred dollars? Twenty eight plus kids. I don't know how much I'm. Oh, getting. I do want to clear the air about the last stimulus check. I didn't donate my entire check. I'm not that good of a person. Uh-huh. I just donated a portion of it. So before... portion for foxes. <laughs> no, that's a I... Rilo Kylie song. Donated mm-hmm. it to a rent relief fund. So if we get our fourteen hundred, I will be donating a portion of that as well, but not okay. the entire thing. I'm not that. That saint like Scott, how much did you donate? Zero. I didn't donate it. I did over the summer I did donate to that Minnesota bail relief fund. Yeah, and then, I've hit up various funds over the yeah, last I few got years. Yeah, I Bernie, you know. Head of the head of the buy. I get those fucking act blue emails every goddamn yep. day. That's true, but I don't know. I just want to go one week without I want to shut my brain off. Just You know what you can do? Just Sign out of Twitter for a week. I cannot do I that. It's <laughs> well, that's so your easy problem. And so hard. It's so there's that's the th- Twitter's. I'd love to see the documentary about Twitter where they're just like how they curate it for people because it's stuff you don't care about, you do care about, and stuff you should care about that you don't care about. It's pretty brilliant how they've been able to. I'm, I will never log off Twitter. <laughs> I will never log off. All right, all right, drill. <laughs> I will never show my ass on Twitter. Well. I got a big game up in 14 minutes. The Red I guess Devils. That means we have to go. Taking on James Joyce's. This is a big game. Manchester United. Man, man, use at the top of the table, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like to see it. Look at Shakiri, built like a brick shit house. It's true. What did you say about him? He looked like a feral homeless child. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, it's good to be uh, back. It is good to be back. Mm-hmm. I got. Got a bunch of messages asking where the podcast was. I put a thing on Twitter. Emily, wear your goddamn mask. I've been wearing it. I know. It. I'm just kidding. But what do you mean? I don't get it. Because I was quarantined. Kid. Oh, yeah. So hopefully we'll be back next weekend and we'll be able to get some current events, some current news. <laughs> Nothing that's stale and two weeks old. And Maybe we'll talk. I had so much good Bean Dad content Ugh. that just... Long gone. Greatest thing that ha- now. You know Bean Dad was watching the Capitol Insurrection being like, yes. <laughs> probably the most liberal person ever and he's like thank god he was probably rooting for more violence to take place so anyway we'll be back thanks for listening bye godspeed see ya